0: Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams.
1: Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly radio show and podcast series where we'll be talking about the secrets behind living an inspired and extraordinary life. I'm Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Todd Mansfield. Todd is a longtime entrepreneur with a background in physical therapy and alternative medicine in 2015 he co-founded a restaurant called core up in Syracuse and the intention was that core would become a healthy fast-food restaurant and that that Syracuse location would become the flagship restaurant for a national chain now, two years later, the brand has evolved into Core Life Eatery, and is on track to open the thirtieth restaurant this year. In fact, you're opening one today. This is very exciting. Um, Todd, welcome to the show.
0: Thank you all. It's great to be in, great to be on the show. Yes, we're I'm in uh, Trexler Town, which is uh, down in Allentown, uh, and we're opening our ninth store in uh, a couple of hours. So it's great.
1: Wow, that's that's really really exciting. And I'm very interested in talking to you about the restaurant and your journey into the world of healthier, um, let's call it fast food options. But first, can you just give us a little background about your earlier businesses? It sounds like you've always had an interest in health.
0: Sure, sure. I'm gonna just make one quick correction that really we're in the fast, casual restaurant sector. So as opposed to fast food, which would be which would be the big brands that most people are familiar with fast food we're really in this space called fast casual which is like a chipotle or a panera which you know typically has a single uh line serving style usually has option uh, you know a lot of options in front of you and the price point is more than fast food but it's less than the casual dining experience.
1: Yeah thank you for saying that because I wasn't really sure how to word the the fast food because you know I've been to Core Life many times and it's fast but it's very fresh and delicious and it's it's not the same as going to a McDonald's for sure.
0: No that's that's right so it's so it's called fast casual is the sort of the space in the restaurant industry that we live in. Yeah so sure my uh I started, uh, like, I'm kind of an older guy in my mid-50s. I started actually in physical therapy in the 80s. Uh, I worked in New York City when I got out of school uh, and had the opportunity uh, to work in the NBA uh, with the New Jersey Nets, which was a little bit of, I mean, it was a great experience for me, and I, you know, as I have raised kids and talk to them and coach kids and talk to them about, so what's the differentiator? How do certain people have opportunity to do those kind of exceptional, you know, in in profession uh, jobs? It seems to me there's a couple, you know, there's a couple critical factors. One is being blessed to be in the right place at the right time. And that's what we call sometimes some people call luck. And that's when preparation crush, crosses opportunity. And so when I was in the physical therapy world, I was really interested in orthopedic and sports physical therapy, although I was working at New York Hospital, which is a part of Cornell Medical Center. Um, and so I would, I would kind of go after the more orthopedic patient, and I began to build a little bit of a reputation of having a, uh, a specialty in a very kind of tight little area where people had an orthopedic problem, they would often send it to me. And then the uh the opportunity came across where I was treating someone that was knew the Nets were looking for a um a therapist, um and my name came up. And so I went on an interview and, you know, I always feel like if I can have a chance to tell people why they should consider me, I I think I would have a good chance of getting a job, and it's because I feel like I was sort of meant to do what I'm doing. You know, in the physical therapy world, I got hurt when I was a kid. Uh, spent two years uh, in physical therapy, so I really understood the the field from a patient perspective. Uh, and so when you know I had to make a career choice, athletics no longer were a viable option because of injuries and. Um, physical therapy just seemed to be a really good choice and so that anyway so that kind of got me into that world and I've always for 30 years sort of worked from the perspective of the customer at, at, at that point the uh, the patient experience uh, and it so if you're driven you know if we're if this discussion is a little bit about how should people think about entrepreneurship and getting to own business and you know my first my first thought would be the it's not about you. You know if you're selling something what the the, the trick is to say what do people want? Not do you not what do you want to sell, but what do people want? And when what your gift is kind of lines up with what people need and want, that's the time to that's the time to make the move. And so I uh, there was a you know there was not much physical therapy back in the 80s in upstate New York. Uh, and so i came back home and opened up a, a practice in my hometown and struggled for f- four or five or six months with no business um you know and i will you know another little saving grace for me was as i was trying to do orthopedic and sports which there was another really well established guy doing and nobody really wanted to come to see me i started to say if i want to survive what do I need to do to survive? And this would probably be for your podcast, the grit part of it, because I couldn't pay my bills. My wife, and we had just gotten married. Um, we sold her car because we were running out of money. Um, and so I started to say, so where, where is their opportunity? And the opportunity was in nursing homes, which was the last thing in the world that I'd ever thought I'd be doing, uh, you know, but I called the nursing homes and said, "Hey, I hear there's a shortage," and they said, "Yes, there's a shortage." And so on the phone, I said, "Well, this is how much I'll work for you for per hour," and I need, and they said, "Wonderful, you can start tomorrow." And I said, "And I need an assistant," and they said, "Wonderful." And I said, "It was half as much as me," and they said, "Wonderful." And so my wife and I, uh, the next day started working at a local nursing home and by the, you know, six months into it, we were working at three of them and it paid all of our bills. And, um, and it allowed us the time to, you know, kind of get some traction, uh, and build a reputation. And, you know, two years later I didn't have to do nursing home work anymore and had probably four employees and within five or six or seven years had 50 employees and had a really, really big, physical therapy practice for 30 years. So that was my wow. early.
1: That's fascinating. And you said so many things that I just wanted to jump in and interrupt you, but I didn't want to jump in and interrupt you at the same time. But, you know, talking about getting in line with your purpose and how things kind of flow when that happens, that's really interesting. And it does sound like you found that early on.
0: Yeah, I think I did. And listen, I'm am kind of a spiritual, godly person, and so when I got hurt in my, when I was young, didn't make any sense to me. But I kind of felt like there's a bigger purpose. And it, you know, it was six years later, when I had, or uh, five years later, when I had uh, the opportunity to get into the the field of physical therapy, that started to make sense. And it's fifteen or twenty years later when I start to say, I'm actually pretty good at this, and connect. In a pretty meaningful way with people, because I never forgot what it felt like to be the person on the table, having someone either pay attention to you or not pay attention to you, feel like they cared about you or didn't really feel like they cared about you. You know, when you're when you live in that world, you sort of, and you're vulnerable. You sort of can read actually who really cares what they're doing. And so, you know, I ended up, I think, most of the time, really trying to invest in the patients I was working for and share with the people that worked for me the importance of that value those little subtle things that if you haven't if you if you're not thinking about the patient perspective you might miss
1: absolutely and I'm sure that that's something that you've brought into the the restaurant business as well is that ability to to think about the customer right
0: right yes so that if we if we transition from you know, thirty years of that. To in two thousand fourteen, I sold my physical therapy practice, and my wife and I were really feeling, or I at least, yeah, let's say we were both feeling like we were being called to do international Christian mission work in India and Africa, but mostly India. Uh, no doors really opened. Our daughter had, and her husband had their first grandchild, and so moving, you know, moving to India just all of a sudden became really not such a such a high priority when it came to, you know, family and all, and at the same time, uh, a, real, a dear friend of mine, an orthopedic surgeon in town, Matt Bennett, and I were, were kind of tracking in this functional medicine world, which really is a world that thinks about nutrition, metabolic medicine, and prevention in a real tangible way, uh, and as, we, as I was sort of learning more about that, you know, another friend of mine, Larry Wilson, and I were doing some real estate and business work together, And um, we were looking at some real estate down in uh, Westchester for another concept we were doing. And um, we came across a salad concept called Chopped. And he and I both walked in and had never seen anything like it. And we're like, this is cool. And he said, hey, this is cool from a business perspective. And I said, hey, this is cool from a health, wellness, nutrition, metabolic medicine standpoint. And that began our journey of like, how would we do this? You know, and along the way, so that was a process. And along the way, I had a friend in Syracuse that had a struggling uh, restaurant that wasn't doing well. And we started to say, hey, if we were gonna try the salad concept, we could go up to our friend, John Cavneys, take over his lease, take over his space, retrofit his line, change the messaging, change the boards, change the menu, and, you know, more cost-effectively. Um, you know, open up, you know, our our new idea, you know, and John's wife's uncle is Scott Davis, which is one of the, uh, he was a chief concept officer for 20 years at Panera. Uh, and he was having some health issues and was kind of getting the itch to do something on his own. He had a uh, non-compete with Panera, so he wasn't really allowed to jump in too quickly. But he said, hey, I think what you're talking about really has a lot of merit to it. Uh, and then another local guy, Jeff Coglin, who was, uh, he, you know, was a huge Wendy's franchisee in the country was uh, selling some of his Wendy's and he said, Hey, I'd like to join you too. So we have this group of Scott being a concept food, uh, guy, Larry being a real estate, uh, and, uh, really a vision numbers guy jeff being an operations guy uh johnny my being an opening guy you know training guy and then me really in the health and wellness world and we just just felt like wow we really have like a really strong team that can speak into space that no one's really speaking into which is you know you think about whatever community you live in, and if you want to go out and eat a really clean, healthy meal that's good for you, I say it's a meal where you could go 30 days in a row, and instead of being heavier, sicker, uh, you'll be healthier uh, and more fit if you come to us every day. And that was really what I was looking for, uh, and so that's and, and so that's what it, how we started. You know, and I'll just finish quickly by saying, and I get to stay right in the space where I'm good. I get to talk about the stuff that I'm that I know about. Um, I have my weaknesses covered by other people's strengths, and I can do stuff that nobody in my team can do. And so it allows us to complement each other. There's very little competition between us for, you know, who's the guy you know but really how do we help each other be successful and that is absolutely critical for long-term success
1: yeah i mean it sounds like you assembled a real dream team there with all of your skills and um, backgrounds so. yeah it sounds great now can you just briefly describe um, core life eatery i, I um, am sure that not all of our listeners have been there so what makes it so unique
0: uh, it's cool. All right. So now, now that that's over, it's uh. So it's so if you think about it, it has a, uh, it has warm colors uh, of a of a panera. It has some uh, kind of uh, authentic uh, minimalist kinds of feel like a chipotle. Uh, it's a. Um, it has three really food choices. And actually, we just added this today we'll add our fourth and that is you come in and you have uh you can buy a salad we call it greens so you we have six we have a wall of lettuces that you walk in and see you know we've got kale and arugula and romaine and spinach and mescaline and cabbage and so you can come in and say i'll take two of those lettuces and then you have i think 40 different vegetables in front of you and then you can have uh you know uh, hormone, antibiotic free uh, chicken, grass fed steak, uh, organic tofu um, as the proteins uh, or you can say hey I want something heartier than that and so you can get uh, a grain bowl which is uh, usually people take a lettuce or a couple of them and then they put quinoa or wild rice or a rice noodle on top of your the, your bowl and then again add the same Uh, toppings Uh, or you come in and say hey listen I'm looking for something hot and we make tomato basil soup and broccoli cheddar with a pureed cauliflower base so there's no flour in it the restaurant has no gluten in it at all except for a small piece of bread at the end that's uh, you know that you can choose to have if you like so we do really really well with food allergies you know we've had we've had many many we'd have hundreds maybe thousands of celiac patients in, and we haven't had one complaint of any of any problem with it we're very mindful of food allergies so we're constantly I'm constantly talking to and answering questions on that Uh, and then we have uh, we make homemade uh, bone broth in the store all day every day we have these big five gallon kettles where we're you know baking bones cracking them uh, putting them in kettles, putting the apple cider vinegar uh, vinegar in the uh, in the uh, kettle, and then vegetables and spices and herbs, and they simmer the the beef for ten I think ten hours and the chicken I think for eight. Uh, then we cool them, take the fat off, reheat them, and serve them in the stuff. It's just phenomenal, and it's really 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 great for your body. And then the last thing which we're opening today is we're starting today. Are offering a plated option where we do we're doing, uh, roasted, uh, roasted vegetables, uh, with, uh, put on top of one of the rices and then a double portion of the protein. Uh, and we think those are going to really do great. So, mm, you know, that for the, great. for a dinner option, if yeah, so for a dinner option, it's a little hardier, a little more traditional, um, Meal option and uh, for lunch, you know that that's. I just told you what we do there, and our price yeah. points between uh, our price points, I think between six. Well, I, I think it's five ninety five to if you got a, a plate with double protein, it's twelve dollars. So we live right in that space, and we don't have any soda. We have no desserts. We have very, you know, we're very mindful of sugar.
1: Your your lemonades are a little bit addictive, I have to say.
0: Yeah, so so we have beet lemonade, cayenne cranberry lemonade, a traditional lemonade, apple cider green tea, a regular green tea, a raspberry uh, decaf tea, a cold brewed uh, cold brewed uh, coffee, uh, and we're starting to look at some. You know, we know we're starting to look at some other uh, options in the beverage uh, area, but right now that's that's what we offer.
1: Yeah, yeah, delicious. Well, like I said, I'm a big fan. And um, your growth is is fast, um, but smart. And I'm sure that it's it's going to get very big, very fast over the next few years. Um, So you've, you've shared with us your story, it's it sounds like it's been pretty seamless. But I'm just curious, did you ever have an idea that you thought would work out and it didn't work out so well, and then you pivoted away from it. But did you ever run into an obstacle where you know, things didn't quite go the way you thought they would.
0: Um, I'll do, I'll give you two quick ones. One's real short. Yeah, I did a, I did a, uh, real estate project where I built 36 condominiums up in a, a waterway, uh, with a friend of mine. I didn't like the idea. I didn't like the location and I tried not to do it, but I did it anyway and it did not work. And You know, I I just—I think people. uh, uh, That's the one real, real kind of business deal that I did, and I'm like, oh, that was just not good. It was just stupid. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to do it, and it was painful. It was a really painful learning lesson because it was really expensive. Um, Right now, what I would say is—is that growth? You know, I, I know all the journals and all the books, and lots of them about this rapid, rapid, uncontrolled growth, and. You know, it's very, very. Um, you're really exposed uh, with too fast a growth financially. You know, it's it's one of the major causes of failure, and we are living right. You know, we're kind of walking this edge of. You know, we're just we're we're opening 22 stores. I mean, it's just not. It's you know, and we're we're a small little company, so it's it's very trying. You know, there's finance. You know, having banks, you know, financing twenty or thirty million dollars, and us finance, you know, putting all the money in, and it's a it's a juggling act and a balancing act. It is not for like I want to say this is not the way I would suggest people do it this way. Most people don't do it this way because it's crazy, it's too much. Uh, We're doing it right now because we believe there is a opportunity to be first to market in a space where really nobody in uh in the suburbia areas are yet uh there's competition in the urban markets that are really really doing well uh you know and they're you know they got a hundred stores and are you know just raising you know raising hundreds of millions of dollars of uh uh, venture capital to kind of push into more markets, and we're we're what we're doing is we franchised, so we're selling franchises to you know multi-unit franchisees, and we're trying to kind of open up. Uh, we're gonna try to open a hundred corporate corporate stores in the next four years now, and uh, open two hundred uh, franchisee stores in the next four years. So by two thousand twenty-one, our goal is to have three hundred stores open. Uh, but it's well, stressful. I mean, that, that's uh it's a, uh, it may be too aggressive of a path. Time will tell.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, it sounds like you're doing it, it, your eyes are wide open, you know, you're aware of the risk, and keeping your your vision, you know, front and center, yes. it sounds like what you're doing. Yep. So I would just want to ask you to speak to, you know, you said you had the thing with the condos that didn't yep. work out, and I think a lot of people that are starting out or thinking about starting out are afraid of the failure and then getting stuck and beating themselves up over the failure because it's inevitable that something's not going to work out at some point point. and like you've kind of said you you know okay it happened you know yeah. whatever it wasn't great but i moved on yeah um yeah. how do you get how do you how do you avoid you know how, how what can you say to people that might be afraid of getting stuck in that place
0: yeah um Well, the first thing, you know, what I think when you say that is there was this poll of a hundred, a 50 people over a hundred and they, about their life. And there were three things that these people said they wish they would have loved more. They would have done something that mattered and they would have taken more risk. So those were the three things. And so that little thing I, I read years ago uh, you know, on 50 relative well, old people, I don't know how wise they were, but they were old. Like, so, so living your life safe certainly isn't natural for me. Uh, and however, I would say that I have been one that has tried to weigh risk, the risk reward option. Am I doing what i love to do? Cause what I don't want to do and what I would tell your listeners is I'm telling you being self-employed, you, you're marrying something else. You know, it's all of a sudden, it's something that you think about 24-7. So it's not something that you should ever do on a whim. But if it's something that you would do anyway, and you have to work, uh, those, those are the first two criterion. Is there a need in the market you're looking for? And then the other question I ask people all the time, because I actually talk about this a fair amount, is what makes you different than somebody else? Like, why... Why will someone choose you as opposed to choose me? What can you do better than I can do? If I have more money than you and have more ability to market and tell the story, will you still beat me in the competitive world? Why I got into the restaurant world is because I felt like there was a niche that wasn't being met and and I know nothing about food, nothing. And I had partners that were best in class, You know, the number one Panera franchisee, the chief concept officer at Panera, the uh, the largest Wendy's franchisee at one time in the country that won the Dave Thomas Award. You know, those were things that made me say, okay, I've got a team around me that's now I'm really willing to, you know, take a really large risk when I don't need to. So those would be some of the things. And, you know, people can say, well, yeah, but I don't have any of those. I know, but you don't have to have what I just said. What you have to have is what makes you different than anybody else. And I will tell you the most important is a work ethic. If you say, listen, I need this and I want this and I'll do, I, I will outwork people. Heck, that's, 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 what I, that's, the, that's the answer I'm looking for because everybody that gets into the business world, everybody is a worker, everybody. Yeah, well, he's not working, yeah, well, either he, someone gave it to him, or you didn't see the first 20 or 30 years, you know, the, the people that came on board with me when, you know, in physical therapy, 25 years after I'd opened, have no idea the time I invested when my kids were growing up and someone would call me at night and say, Hey, I have a problem and I'd, you know, and I'd say, okay, I'll come to your ho- house and I'll look at you right now. And what that mm-hmm. did is that began to slowly build a reputation of, Hey, Todd's a little different than everybody else.
1: Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. And I liked what you said earlier about, you know, this y- kind of like, most of what you've done really being in line with your purpose which is all around health and you know even this even though you didn't know about food it's still very much aligned with that core purpose totally Mm -hmm. yeah it's super interesting and so I I I believe the same thing and I believe that you know we all have this purpose and what we're really being like what we really feel passionate about or excited about is what we're being drawn to do in some way shape or form um so um, I guess you do you agree with that and do you there's this phrase I like which is um, thoughts become things you know you can if you can imagine it and then and then create action around it you can create I think pretty much anything but it's again it's like focusing on what you want rather than what you don't want you know kind of idea do you do you subscribe to that yeah at all? sure
0: of course yeah 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 I think so uh, I think that's a uh... I think that's well said.
1: Okay. Okay. It seems like a lot of your philosophy is very much in line with all of this. Um,
0: yeah. Yeah. Listen, you've you you you've been doing this a while and I, I don't know what you do beside this. But I, what I do know is, is that people that are entrepreneurial nature sometimes are so stupid that they just believe it. You know, that's what I say to people. Listen, I just think I can do it. Yep. And there has to be, there just has to be one of these things that failure is not an option, um, and that you're willing to do whatever it takes. And I, I, here's my example: yesterday, we had a uh, uh, pre-opening VIP day where we had offered free food to everybody in Allentown and Trexler Town. So we had we had a hundred people in line from eleven in the, m- the morning till nine at night. And we were overwhelmed, and back in the dishwashing, it was it was chaos. So at 11:15, I got on a rubber apron, and from 11:15 till 9:43 or something, I didn't leave that dishwasher. I spent uh, 10 hours working with you know three folks that are, you know, that have taken a job with us. They're probably making $10 an hour that need a job and I'm getting to know my, my worker. And, you know, I guess they knew who I was, I guess. But, you know, by the end of the night, they're bossing me around, telling me what to do, and telling me I'm too slow. And, uh, but that's what needed to be done. And like, to me, mm-hmm. I think when you're too, when you're too, when you're so important that you're not doing the things that need to be done, you're gonna fail. And what I'm positive of, is that when I'm washing dishes, and I'm washing them fast, and I'm washing them good, and they're watching, I think they just learned something. You know, like about what it takes. And I didn't say one word to them. I just worked with them. You know, got to know who they were. Uh, But I trust that that day together says, hey, if he'll do it, I should do it too. And if I want to do what he's doing in some regard, I just learned what it takes to do. And I think that's one of the that's one of the reasons why I've been successful in the past, uh, and why I think we'll'll we'll, core Life Eatery will be successful is because we have a bunch of people that are not above doing whatever it takes. We're just regular old folks and have been very blessed, very blessed to be at the right place at the right time and have had really wonderful opportunities uh, which have gotten us started. You know, a lot of it is just having something that allows you to get started and then make, you know, make the next right decision and then the next right one.
1: Yeah, that's a great story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, And I wanted to thank you for your time. Um, My last question is just if there's anything you'd like to add or um, if there's any advice you would give yourself 30 years ago when you were really just starting out. What, what would you know uh, I, I
0: had great advice from all right so here I coach girl I coach lacrosse girls lacrosse and boys hockey and I give advice all the time and I say if I'm you at your age I'm looking for traits and people that feel good that seem good that seem inspiring and then I try to get I try to figure out what are those drivers What are those things that you, that you're, you're drawn to and, and, and repeat them? You know, and I say, listen, your mind, body, and spirit, work your mind, work your body. And don't forget there's a God in heaven that has a plan for you and you have great value and find people that build you up, find people that are successful because successful people oftentimes spin off successful people. You know what? Winners win usually in many areas of their life, and so if you can just put up with, you know, hang out with, follow people that are doing well, you're you're giving yourself the best chance to do well. So that's kind of what I tell
1: them. Oh, that's great! That's great! Thank you so much. I know you have a big day today, so I'm going to wrap this up. Yeah, it's but it's,
0: it's exciting. Yeah, yeah. it's wonderful. Well, it's great. Thank you.
1: Thank you for spending time with us and being on the show. Thank you, listeners, for joining us. Um, My guest was Todd Mansfield. He's the co-founder of Core Life Eatery. You can find this complete interview links to Todd's website and more on our website, readysetgrit.com. Thanks again for joining us. And please tune in again next week at the same time for more inspirational stories and tips on creating the life of your dreams.
0: Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit. Your life on purpose with Ellen Barton look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration links to our social media and where you can access our ebooks and online classes Ready, Set, Grit inspired actions, real results